Hello and welcome to episode 1036 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, April 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. How was opening day? I am not in cashing spot in any of my leagues. Screw this year. Um, when's football season start? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's episode 1037, by the way. Pardon me. I caught it before. <laughs> Uh, before too long there, but yeah, I forgot about uh, this. The sheet that we use, you and I, is not the same one Nick and I use. So there was a fireside chat in between there, and that's why I had had the uh, the number wrong. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's always fun to overreact one way or the other. Our our colleague and friend Arrow Cohen <laughs> tweeting out the uh, the first place screenshot in the Oxford mm-hmm. Championship. And there's no shot that you and I could roast him because uh, we were constantly refreshing, hoping to get Absolutely. a nice overall screenshot ourselves because it's fun. It's we, fun. We were uh, we were doing the um, the watch party yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like literally updating you on the standings of our t- uh, of our main event league. Yeah. Just screaming at you every time I pulled ahead of you. Every time you were ahead of me, every app yeah. that, that pushed you ahead, and you're like, I want to be. And then I got quiet once you passed me. So. Yes, and I uh, passed you for the rest of the day, didn't I? You did. Yeah, no, my, I think my team's in like 13th place or something. I'm, si- I'm sitting a cool third. It matters zero. We're, we're tongue in cheek firmly here, just messing around. Um, you always want to get off to a good start, but holy crap, the every year overreaction no matter how much we tell ourselves not to it's so difficult it should be easy right it's one game it doesn't matter and yet we're gonna do it we're gonna start we're gonna talk about some lineup moves from yesterday and ones that are already locked in for today friday um and then talk about some velo uh velo readings of some guys and uh, then we're gonna get into some closer stuff because there was a huge trade yesterday to to kind of uh cap off the spring training hot stove and get into uh, some some regular season moves already and then some interesting uh, usage. You don't want to start with that. I mean, Bradley Zimmer going to Toronto it is massive. How devastated are you though? Because I really do. I like I'm I'm tongue in cheek, but I, I drafted him too, so I'm with you. But I was <clears> kind of ribbing you like that. I mean, it kill, I think it kills his playing time though. I really do. Yeah, I mean, for now at least. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. something can happen, but something I, I can happen. Can, I mean, uh, on you know, it, he's definitely buried, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's not starting over Guriel or Springer, uh, or Springer or Teoscar. Um, so, like, he's he's definitely buried. At the same time, um, it looked like he might be buried in Cleveland. He, yeah, also, yeah. maybe not as buried, uh, but it's always good. I mean, they clearly wanted him. Like, he's out of options. You're not trading away a piece of your bullpen for a guy that you have no intention of not being part of your team, right? Because they can't option him down. Yeah. Uh, so, so you uh, know, I'm just hoping someone gets hit by a truck or something. It's terrible. <laughs> um, somebody asked me something on Twitter that that hadn't initially crossed my mind with this move, but now I'm like, oh, yeah. Was this a move because somebody got popped and they're planning for it? Uh, with the way the Sterling Marte move was, because otherwise, why'd they get Rymel Tapia? What's the difference between those two? Yeah, because Tapia is out of options too. That's I, I had not thought about that either. So um, I don't want to cast dispersions, and I'm not throwing them at Tapia specifically. It could be anybody, but isn't this an overlap move? Like, why do they need another lefty defense 
first defense only question mark outfielder in Zimmer when they I don't know if that I mean again I don't want to I don't want to like yeah we don't want to get too far down speculation road but it wasn't a bad question to at least ask to be like that's an angle that we could see play out because remember when they traded from when Oakland traded for Marte we were like oh my god they're adding this to their outfield this is going to be so slick and it ended up being just a straight up replacement for Loriano, which he was still awesome. And that, that helped Oakland, uh, you know, do well last year, but it wasn't an addition. It was a, it was a mm-hmm. uh, fill in. This is a much lower scale, but it looks like pure overlap. And that's why I'm a little bit confounded by it uh, with the Bradley Zimmer trade. So we'll see what happens, but uh, you were drafting him super late. Anyway, I wouldn't necessarily cut him because any league you drafted him and you probably can't cut him because it should be a really 50 round draft and hold. You yeah, really I mean, I, I dropped him in my fab leagues that I had him in. Yeah, um, but that's uh, the only. But I had already dropped him coming in. I mean, he looked so bad in spring training. Just continuing um, to strike out still, and that's the biggest yeah. issue with uh, with Bradley Zimmer, and 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 that's why you know even you, somebody who really liked him as as a potential breakout, knew that it was only going to come if he could figure out the strikeout rate and that's just been a colossal issue 46% in spring if you're striking out that much against the uh you know some of the dregs of the league and some of the guys who are going directly to the minors what are you going to do when it's all major leaguers so we'll see what happens in toronto but for now i think you can cut him in any fab league if you didn't already with bradley zimmer or um, if you're in your drafting holds, just hold on anyway cuz you drafted him super late um, no no big deal but let's get into some mm-hmm. action from yesterday Pete Alonso's okay after a hit by pitch in the face. Did you see this? I did not. Um, so it, I, it, he did get a little glance off the shoulder to kind of maybe slow it down a little, but still took a bit in the face. Busted lip. Looks like everything's okay, all things considered, because anytime you get hit by pitch in the face, that's terrifying. Um, and so here's here's hoping it's it's not much, but it was it was a little scary. Um, I don't know if he's going to play today or not on Friday. Again, if you're not listening to this the day it comes out. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe a day off was was the right move just to let him. Let I him mean, re- what, but whether he plays or not, you're not going to get to see it because it's on Apple TV Plus. I actually have Apple TV Plus. I do too, but that's yeah. so annoying. Yeah, and then they have the Peacock games, and it's like yeah, I have to have seven different subscriptions, the thing, man, and then um, you, you still get blacked out on stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I, what I didn't know is. So yesterday the 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 Braves uh, Reds were on ESPN too. So that's blacked out on MLB. Yep, because it's a nationally televised game. But I thought the Sunday night games were. I don't know. I have YouTube TV, so like I can get around it. But it's just so annoying, dude. It, they're just splitting everything up. They still have blackouts. I don't want to. I don't want to get too uh, on a negative note there. But hopefully Pete Alonso's okay and everything's good. I hope he's in the lineup tonight. If not, we'll monitor it over the weekend and talk about it. You guys may be able to talk about it on Sunday if anything comes more from it. Otherwise, you and I will talk about it on Tuesday. If, um, you know, just just if anything moves the needle there. Let's get into some uh, lineup. Well, actually, hang on. Brian Hayes leaves early. Looks like it was precautionary. Has a little bit of a wrist issue. Um, he was going out to left field to try to make kind of an over-the-shoulder play. Missed it. Landed on, uh, you know, on his hands there to braces fall didn't look crazy but you know on a move like that when you're bracing with your wrist if you already have a hurt wrist if it just flared up in chillier weather it might have just been a precautionary move because prior to the game we learned that he signed a big deal uh 
to for an eight year extension, but it, the the ink is not dry on that. It is not signed. It is still pending a physical. Oh, is it? So he might have said, yeah, yeah, because a lot of people were saying, hey, good thing he got his money and everything. Then a few others were correct and saying he has not gotten gotten the money just yet. Um, he's expected back on Saturday. So so do they have an off day today? I probably because yeah, they have the an off day. Yeah. He usually has mm-hmm. an off day on, on the second day there to prepare for weather. So he's expected to be back, and it was precautionary. I hope because I respect that that he's taking his money and and getting that eight year. What was it? Eight seventy five. Yeah. You know, so that's. I mean, that'd be great. Hopefully, everything's all good. It doesn't look bad. Apparently, it was cramping. Oh, in okay. His thumb. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like it wasn't. I think the initial fear was that scared me. They undid all the risks to take because we were watching this game live when it happened. I I yelled at him for missing that for for missing that catch. Uh, (laughs) It was a really difficult catch, by the way. Yeah, but uh, twenty mile an hour winds. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it looked a lot worse than it apparently. I mean, apparently got in the hot tub and like it was just a cramp or something. Um, It's still a little scary, right? Like because this is a guy who's dealt with. You know, number of risk things recently. Yeah. Um. Hopefully he's fine. Nerve wracking, but if he's back Saturday, then nothing, nothing to see here with Cabrizi. I um, put him I, on my bench. I don't blame you. I mean, because you're already talking about two days anyway, right? So yeah. The, the way the NFBC works, which is the primary leagues that you and I play, so we're talking specifically mm-hmm. about NFBC. Yesterday was essentially a period because in the regular, in the normal week. They do Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday, two different lineup pair of periods for hitters only. So yesterday was essentially its own period. You could play anybody who was on Thursday and then you can reset it today for guys that are back in. However, in those Midwest and Eastern Eastern based series, today's off day for most of them. So you can put back in other guys who might have three weekend games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday versus just the Saturday, Sunday. So I totally understand benching Cabrizi today uh, with only two games and him, you know, getting nicked up, but looks like it's going to be okay. Get that contract signed, get your money prints. You deserve it. And, uh, and I hope Cabrizi has a big season, man. I really do Mm -hmm. like him. I tell you what, my thing with him that I really liked, um, I think the speed pushes forward this year, even more so than the power. I think we might still be a year or two away from, from real transcendent power. Uh, But I think, I think upwards 17 to 20 steals, could be in the offing for him with 15 homers. Give me a 15, 18 type of season with a 270 average. That plays all day for, for Brian Hayes. So I unfortunately just got sniped on him way too much. And just I did too, but I also really liked uh Matt Chapman in that same area. And so I ended mm-hmm. up uh, with a lot of Matt Chapman too. So that's that's where I would pivot. Even before the trade to Dur- to Toronto, I was usually just pivoting to Matt Chapman if I got sniped on Cabrizi. Um, some interesting lineup stuff. Dalton Varsho and Austin Nola let off. Uh, I paired those together because they were in the same game. They did not both catch. Uh, Varsho did not catch. Not going to catch very often either. Um, he shouldn't. No, no, he's he's dreadful there. But Austin Nola let off uh, against a lefty. Trent Grisham batted last. That was against Bumgarner. So it's probably just a a you know lefty yeah. thing. But with Nola leading off against lefties, that's. That's a nice little boost. I, I was impressed by that, and I liked that. Uh, I like that Varsho let off against a righty. If that's consistent, that's huge for him. Mm-hmm. If, if that if that sticks consistently, what what did you think when you saw those two moves there with Varsho and Nola both leading off? 
Oh, I might switch my DFS lineups real quick because uh, I want to <laughs> catch her leading off. So, not that Nola did any, anything great. I made some yeah, money though yesterday. Same, dude. Uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, made. I think. Did you I, cash I, in mine? I did. I think it was in fourth or fifth. I got screwed because Robert Suarez blew the save. Had oh, um, you needed the dub from Darvish. If oh, I got that, the, that means I got screwed too because I had Darvish. Yeah, if I had gotten the dub from Darvish, I would have finished. I think in second or third. Um, but I think I finished fifth. Um. But yeah, you know, made a hundred something bucks off of forty dollars worth of entries, so I'm I'm happy nice. with uh. Which is I don't usually play play opening day. Um, Why not? So you should, you still, I I just like to kind of get some numbers in before. I usually don't play much the first two weeks. Um, I go the other way. I try to find the market inefficiencies on guys that they haven't priced properly, and jump on those. You know, Senzel at twenty three hundred, Bobby Witt Jr. at the same price. This is DraftKings. Mm -hmm. um, my boy T Step, Tyler Stevenson, thirty three hundred feels like a nice price too. So, um, I, I hear you about wanting to get some numbers in, but I, I kind of went the other way and looked to attack. Uh, but you had, you know, you had Wayno and Darvish as a good pitching combo, and mm -hmm. then Arenado and, and Tyler O'Neill. They did the real damage for you offensively. And no, yeah, you right? ready? To, you ready to um, take your L on O'Neill? Oh, shut up. No. He's on pace for 860 RBIs this oh, year. Oh, dude, I could get killed if he gets that many. That would not yeah, be good. That, that that, I mean, he'd be the number one player in fantasy. He'd be the number one player in the universe if he did that. <laughs> that would be really impressive. I don't think that that's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Disagree. Um, Aldoberto Mondesi played short. Nicky Lopez at second. And I'm, I, I'm a, I guess I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, Maybe I should have just assumed Bobby Witt was going to play third and, and they were going to do this. But I thought Mondesi might be second with Nicky Lopez at short, considering how well he played. Not that Mondesi's bad at defense. I just thought Nicky Lopez coming off of such a excellent season. It's one game, too, so I want to be clear. All of this is yeah. just reacting to one game. But do you think this is going to be the norm? It doesn't change a ton fantasy. If anything, it helps because it gives different position eligibilities. So from a fantasy perspective, it's good. But I thought from a team perspective that, uh, you know, Nicky Lopez, who played just brilliant defense last year, I thought he remained the shortstop. Um, yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, Lopez made an amazing play. At yeah, he did. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, hey, they, they, the confirmation biased that one a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally saved a run because Straw yeah, was on second. Is. And mm -hmm. if he doesn't make that diving catch there, it's an easy run. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fantastic play. Um, I wonder if this is you know maybe one of the ways they're looking to keeping Mondesi healthier is don't put make him play a position he's not as comfortable with. Okay, um, I was going to go the other way and say put a less ta slightly less taxing position of second base. But I hear yeah. you if you're having to learn different things, maybe that is. I mean, he has played second base before, so yeah, I, I mean, I it's I not completely really know. learning um, it. It, yeah, a little weird. Uh, I mean, I'd rather Mondesi play second because I'd rather him pick up second base eligibility than shortstop. Um, yeah, just because the depth of, of one position over the other. But yeah. he already came in with third. If he gets short, that's good. One game, again, I want to be clear. Not uh, not sure that this is exactly how it's going to go. Uh, we figured Witt would play third. I just thought that the, the keystone would be flipped. Mm -hmm. But Nicky Lopez probably fine playing anywhere. He's like, ah, you know, I'm a beast defender. I'll be anywhere. He just wants to play, to. and I'm just glad exactly. they're playing him. Um, we went, I think he went with two for four, two for two for three or two for four last night. I mean, it was uh, he uh, he's gonna prove well, all those naysayers wrong. Lopez is. 
Yes. Or or Montesi. No, 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 no. Lopez. Lopez. Lopez went or I mean Montesi went 0 for 3 with two punches. Yeah, um, I know. I know. I was no, I, I was I remember I made I made the joke. I was like, oh look, nothing has changed. You're like, yeah, I, I knew it. This is exactly what I uh, why'd I buy in. Uh, let's get into some lineup stuff from today because we're already getting some of the early lineups out. DJ LeMahieu at second base, Glaber Torres on the bench. Uh, I'm not gonna hit a, a full I told you so, because again, it's one game. But I still just don't think we live in a world where DJ LeMahieu's not going to play every day. So I think, you know, it won't always be Glaber. I'm not saying Glaber's a full bench guy, but I think he's going to bounce around and, you know, get Donaldson off his feet, um, which in some cases might also take Stanton off his feet if they throw Donaldson to DH, LeMahieu at third. Rizzo might get some off days against lefties type of deal. I think we talked about this somewhat recently, but I do forget what your outlook was. I know you drafted a bunch of LeMahieu, so you like this, but what's your outlook here? Do you think LeMahieu, with health, gets a full you know, 600-plus plate appearances? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think uh, he's not going to play the same position every day, but I think he's going to play every day. Um, is, he, is he fully on his Zobras beat then? Like he's the so. Zobras right now? I mean, without in the outfield. Of, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. He's going to play just around the second. infield. Yeah, first, second, third, but he's going to give all those guys days off. Uh, Might even DH himself every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, th I think he's going to play pretty close to every day. Uh, maybe he gets a couple extra days off just to give him days off. But, Any yeah, concerns I don't, don't worry. Sorry, I thought you were done there. My bad. Uh, you're not worried about it, you're saying? No. Yeah. Any concerns about Galaber, or was the discount enough to cover something like this? Um, I mean, some concerns. I I don't think he's like a full bench player, um, but he's clearly the least favorite of the organization. Yeah. Um, they don't like doesn't his add defense. anything defensively. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, they don't like the defense. Um, you know, and so I think I would not be surprised if he gets traded at some point. Honestly. Um, I'm you know, uh, yeah, just you know, because now he can still bring back something substantial. Go ahead, yeah, 25. So. He would still bring back, a Looks really, he would look really, really good in Giants uniform while they're probably Holy. starting, um, Jairo Estrada today. Yeah, whatever. you'd like to see your boys bring him in. Okay. I would love that. I, I don't know that the Giants have the whatever the Yankees would be looking for in order to move like him a, like a strong. A strong, you guys got like a strong young pitcher. Now your pitchers are kind of established. The young ones, you're not trading. Yeah, he'd have to show something first. He's out of options too. So like, yeah, it'd have to be like. I mean, it'd have to be beating and a big prospect. I think at this point, as long like, as it's not Matos or Luciano, I don't think it'd be I'd, them. I think you'd get away with something. Done. Do it. I, I, I don't get away with, with something with something shorter than that for sure. Like to bring in a guy like Glaber Torres, who's still young and under team control. Would you do Ramos and Beatty? Is that is that yes? Helio Ramos, absolutely. Yeah, maybe I don't something like that. I don't, I don't know that the Giants would, but we'll, um, we'll see if anything comes to fruition there. Um, you know, if Glaber gets back on his on his on his big, you know, on on his hitting uh, that we saw early in his career. And then it becomes a, a situation where it's like we don't have enough spaces to play these guys every single day, and baseball's a rhythm game. And then maybe something happens with their pitching where they're like, we need an arm. Maybe that facilitates the trade, not necessarily with the Giants, just in general. Because, yeah. um, you know, outside of Cole, 
it's a lot of questions. Luis Severino, Jordan Montgomery, Jameson Tyon, Nestor Cortez. I love Cortez. I'm actually a pretty big Montgomery and Tyon fan as well. We know what Severino can be when he's healthy, but he's got the health concerns. Tyon has health concerns. Cortez kind of has the can he do it again concerns. He throws, you know, 90. Um, and he throws from the from the left side. So you can be a little bit lighter on Velo there when you're when you're throwing from the left side, but there are questions in their rotation. I could see starting pitcher for you know, you know what what the real trade should be. It should be. I was gonna say a Montas deal. It should be. That's perfect. Uh, you're, that's might even be more perfect than what I was gonna say because I was gonna say with Miami, Pablo Lopez for Gleyber Torres. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. I think both. I think both um, fit. But of, I mean, although. Maybe he doesn't fit as well in Miami because they got Jazz and Miggy up the middle. And you can say what you want about Miguel Rojas because he's not super fantasy relevant. He's a team leader over there, and he's mm-hmm. a good shortstop. Like So I don't know that they're necessarily die- – and then when Miggy gets older, you know, he's 33 now, he will pass the torch to Jazz, who will be the perimeter shortstop. So maybe that doesn't fit as well as o- – Oakland would obviously take Glaber in a second. That is the best trade. You're right. Your, yours is better, but yeah. I think both of those are better than than anything else right now. I, and we'll, the we'll problem the problem that. is I don't think they should trade them. Um, mostly because a week from now we could be talking about they they're having to bring in another player. That, that's to, the answer too. Yeah, yeah, I mean they've they've had this team has had so many injuries. Bingo. Um, there's nobody who is like safe in terms of yeah. you know in the, the real answer is that it probably plays itself out within a week. It absolutely, and all of this is moot. So you're 100 yeah. percent right, and that's why they probably weren't aggressive in trying to trade Glaber Torres before the season because they know they know that they're you know their their guys are all he's their only young guy. In fact, in today's lineup, the um the youngest guy is Isaiah Kiner Falefa at 27. Then you got. Gallo at 28, and then everybody else is 30 plus. So there, there's the real answer. All right, but just keep an eye yeah. on that. But if you got DJ LeMahieu on the discount, he's going to play. I, I would say, though, if you yes. are in a trading league, you might want to even target Glaber Torres. If if he sits if like some two, yeah, if he sits two of the next three, or you know, two of the first three, mm-hmm. um, maybe see if. The person is panicking because I, I assure you, in a ten-team league and a twelve-team league, he may hit the wire in some leagues. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, I would, especially I would if he doesn't play two out of three today. Yeah, this yeah, weekend. I would, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I would totally scoop on that. I agree uh, with with Gleyber Torres there in New York. Akil Badu batting seventh, and I'm just going to go jump off a bridge. I'll be right back. Um, yeah. No, this is not good. Don't overreact, Paul. Don't overreact, Paul. I no, it is scream. time to overreact. I want to scream. I'm not happy. I didn't think that the Meadows move was going to do that. I really just thought it'd be. I, I thought I thought he bat high, but I thought why not just put Badu at the top? Then you go Badu, Grossman, Meadows, Baez, Candy, Miggy, Scope, Torres. How Barnum. is Miguel Cabrera batting fifth? I mean, maybe you this is open day th- opening day thing. Miguel Cabrera, you know, hey, you know, go ahead and bat fifth. You're, you're the, you know, old old time face I'm of the franchise. Bat him in the bottom third, though, because here's the thing: as much as he's not Miggy, he's not trash. He's basically like a league average bat, like 92 WRC plus. Like that's that's like Stone's that throw from just being average. I understand <laughs> that, but like 
it's not a 75. Like the, the, You're batting the a percent Torkelson, in. the future. The future. Eighth. The future. And a I, have, actually, have, I have no problem with that. Badu has put stuff on, on Major League Paper, though. Yeah. And batting him seventh is weird to me. And obviously, I'm super biased. I'm, I'm completely in the bag for Badu. So that bias is on the table. But I don't think I'm being illogical to think that he should have been still leading off with Grossman, then Meadows, Baez, Candy, Cabrera, Scope, Tork, Barnard. I'm I'm just I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised. We'll see how it goes. I love the team's lineup. Badu can still be a G from down there. You've got to be pretty happy that the Tigers have such a strong lineup from top I, I to am. bottom. And that's why that I don't want to get too... your first overall draft pick from two years ago, eighth. Absolutely okay. Um, and that's why I don't want to get too hung up on this because the overall issue is that the team is good and the lineup yeah. is deep, and I'm happy about that. So put my fantasy stuff aside for a moment and accept and and be happy about hey, my favorite team is is back and as a as a competitive team. I don't know that they're making the playoffs this year or anything like that. It's definitely still going to be a grind, but I am excited that my favorite team has got a quality lineup a strong rotation, and even a handful of bullpen pieces that uh, don't even want to vomit, which is rare because usually they they don't have any. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's one day. I just have to say before you go on to the next uh, topic, Mm -hmm. that is a sick hat you're wearing. Thank you. I love that hat. It's my All-Star one I got at the All-Star game. That is, so, yeah, that is absolutely you. sick. It's one of my favorites, and it gets a lot yeah. of compliments, so I appreciate you. Uh, it's it's, it's you my second favorite hat of yours that I've seen you wear next to the old school Expos hat. Is it this one? Is the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love, I just love the old school it's Expos so clean. hat. It's yeah. so clean. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had to rep Tigers today, of course, with opening day coming. Got to face Giolito. Won't be easy, but uh, that's a mm-hmm. quality lineup that they're putting out there, even with Badu at seven. On the... Uh, Chicago side. I don't think. Did we talk about the Yomankata injury? No, because it came out yesterday. Came out, yeah, that's what I thought. Start that's, of the we, game. Like, we talked about it on the uh, watch party. Yeah, that's why I was like, party, we yeah. did talk about it, but it was not. It was not on a pod. So Yomankata's out with an oblique for like three weeks, and this kind of came out of nowhere, like you said, because apparently they were talking about like, oh, he's a little nicked up, but they didn't suggest that it was anything big, and yeah. they didn't even say it was oblique. Didn't they say it was um, hip? What? I hadn't even heard, honestly. Like I'd I heard that it was. I don't uh, have Mankata anywhere um, this year, and so like I probably wasn't paying enough attention. But um, I he definitely. I mean, they're saying three weeks now. So um, you know the Jason Gillette rule. We're putting him at five weeks. Yeah, yeah and I, I put I put in the table. I put in the rotor write up uh, uh, this morning that uh, you know typically these injuries are four to six weeks. Yeah. I, I, I'm well, starting at five weeks with with this mm-hmm. because, and I'm nervous. And by the way, probably goes out the window on the uh, I'm going to try to steal more this year type of thing that he said in spring, yeah. which he's said before. But you know, you get an oblique, obliques. Oh, I hate obliques, man. They're so they can be so uh, they can linger so much, and it's it's really upsetting. They can, they're also very they're like one of the easiest injuries to uh, to re-injure yep, um, to as you start kind of, yeah as you kind of start to ramp back up. So like, I mean, I wasn't in, like I said, I wasn't in on my cod. I don't have them anywhere, but uh, you know what you do when you have an injury like this, right? What's that? You, you eat burgers. You do eat burgers, baby. Jake burgers starting. So, you know, and injuries suck, but sometimes the silver lining is somebody gets in, finds that playing time. Jake burger was one of my draft and hold guys. And I was like, I 
couldn't quite go for him in fab league. So I was like, the playing time just isn't there yet without an injury. I didn't know the injury would come instantly, but I'm in on the Jake Berger love, man. So I'm going to be watching this, this weekend. Obviously if he hits like, you know, two homers and hits 400 in the first weekend series, he's going to be way too expensive in, uh, in fab, but I'm excited. Jake Berger, for those that don't know, is a former first rounder back in 2017. He's just been decimated by injuries trying to get, trying to get himself going. He only has 557 minor league plate appearances because he had 217 in 2017 and then missed 18, 19. And of course, 20 was a lost season. I don't know if he was practicing at the alternate site or not, but obviously there's no record of it because there were no actual games. Got back last year, put up a nice little season in AAA for 82 games. Jake Berger hit 18 homers with an 845 OPS and got a little taste of the majors, which he did fine in 42 plate appearances, 807 OPS. He's still just 26. He's got big power. This could be a great opening for him. And obviously, Mankata will come back and play. But if Jake Berger establishes himself as somebody that they want in the lineup, then I think guys like uh, Josh Harrison and Gavin Sheets will be looking over their shoulder playing time-wise. And I like mm-hmm. Gavin Sheets and even Josh Harrison. I like both those guys. But Berger gets an opportunity here. Where are you picking him up? Uh, 15 teamers, I think. I, I don't know that he's 12 relevant unless he has like a really big weekend. Um, I mean, if he starts all three games, then yeah, This you... is against the lefty, so we don't know for sure if he's going to start unencumbered here mm-hmm. against a lefty for sure because he's a righty there could be some some finagling um vaughn starting yeah. too sheets could just go into dh though against a lefty i don't know who else, who's not in here that would necessarily take Berger's spot though he might be the starting third baseman i mean they could always move harrison over to third and then put lurie garcia you know at, at second oh so. yeah tim anderson's out today so larry garcia's tim anderson's short. out today and tomorrow so okay so th- we're gonna see garcia twice oh that's right that's right that's right that's right we're gonna see garcia at short both days harrison at second and probably Berger at third for those first two days sunday will be kind of interesting because it'll be another righty for the tigers they only have the one lefty with uh, Erod. Sunday will be a, kind of an interesting way to tell. Like if he's playing yes. on Sunday, then he's Berger, played yeah. all three games with a team at quote unquote full strength. Yeah. Um, it's hard with with Tim Anderson, you know, being suspended for these first two games from an incident last year. Um, it kind of doesn't really give us as much information on their lineup as we would like. You're right. Because uh, Larry and Harrison. So it, it's, it's two guys for three spots once Anderson's back. It's mm-hmm. Larry Garcia, Josh Harrison, and Jake Berger. Larry Garcia and Harrison are kind of similar, and Berger's somebody who can be kind of a game changer in the lineup with his power, but we'll see. Can you hit righties? That, that'll be the question. Is he probably going to play against every lefty, um, but is he going to be able to hit righties? We'll have to figure that out. But mm-hmm. I'm excited, and uh, I'm keeping a close eye on him. And remember, this, my- this division – does not have a lot of lefties. And that's part of why I wasn't as worried about Badu. Everyone mm-hmm. brings up the platoon. I said they they have like three projected starting lefties, Daniel Lynch, uh, Chris Bubich, and Dallas Keuchel, none of whom scare you. And the only reason that that's what you focus on is because you play so much in your division that that's where the, the biggest chunk would come. Yeah. If there were seven lefty starters, that would really hurt a Badu. Uh, that would really help a Jake Berger, but there's only three. So we'll see how it goes uh, with that Imonkata being out, and then we'll see what happens on Sunday when Tim Anderson's back from that stupid two-game suspension. Trevor Story batting sixth on opening day. 
Um, it's Enrique Hernandez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Tre Alex Verdugo, and then Trevor Story. Any concerns with that? Do you think this is this is what it is? Uh, what, what, what's your takeaway from that uh, when you see Story batting sixth? Who are they going up against today? Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Decent, hmm. decent guy. Yeah. It's a little Decent. concerning. Yeah, a little, little, little concerning. Um, uh, I'm not overly concerned because it's, I mean, it's still a really good lineup. Uh, he's going to gain second base eligibility. But anytime your third round pick, which Trevor Story was a third round pick for most people in 15 mm -hmm. leagues, um, is, uh, is batting six, that's a bit concerning. Um, I'd say so. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that. That is concerning. I'm I. I don't even know that there's much else to say other than start to freak out people. Um, <laughs> are you dropping <laughs> coming in with the real measured? Coming in with the real measured, take it, freak out, y'all. Just lose your shit over yeah, this right just, now. Football there. season's coming, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's on the horizon. Yeah, no, I mean that sucks. Um, because yeah, you're. I mean, you lose what. Is it 20 or 30 plate appearances per position in lineup? So Yeah, but uh, where, where was he expected to? What, wait, is this very different from the expectation? I don't remember what, uh, like, he signed so recently, and I don't have mm -hmm. any stories, so I wasn't really dialed in on it. Was he expected to bat, like, second? Like, this kind of makes sense, right? And they'll kind of want to see where he's at. I could see him getting up to fifth. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought he'd bat fifth. Um you gotta wonder, like, how long do they keep Enrique Hernandez at the top? Um, if he keeps doing his thing, though, I mean, he's yeah. Enrique Hernandez is good, and he's he not much. Three, he just doesn't walk much, so it's like why? But he didn't have a no. He had ten percent last year, and he, he had really? three thirty-seven. Wow. Yeah, three thirty-seven okay. OBP. So you know he was getting on base, thirty-four percent clip there at the top of the lineup. That is that that's capable. That's what you want. Wow, that is. He, he had a four percent walk rate in twenty twenty. Yeah, that, um, that was the thing that I was a small sample. But even 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 you know like a sub eight percent. He just had a brutal time in the in yeah. twenty twenty, and it, and it kind of lingered. Like, oh, is this is he is he still good? Yeah. I just yes, did not realize he got back. Yeah, I did not realize Enrique Hernandez got back to a ten percent walk rate. So that's um yeah. Um, I'm not panicked on story. I don't love this. I'd obviously love him to be hitting yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm not I'm not bugging. I'm more interested to see how much he steals. Um yes, that because is, that Boston is has been a team that um has not pushed it on the base paths in recent years, but they also don't have a team of speedsters. Of so exactly. uh like you know, a lot of the projection systems like or some of the projection systems like don't have them super high in stolen bases. I still think he steals you know, 15 bags. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely interested to see, uh, you know, being six, you're going to have guys like JD Martinez in front of you, you know, mm -hmm. right. And does that, you know, already, you know, on top of going to a team that doesn't run quite as much as the previous place he was at, like, does that, you know, drop him below double digit stolen bases this year? Yeah, I think that's that's fair with stories to see what's up with the stolen bases. That's the bigger key, even bigger than leaving cores for me, because there I don't think there's any reason to 
freak out about him leaving Coors. We've seen when star players leave, they remain star players. Obviously, they lose a bit at home, but they gain a bit on the road because of the Coors hangover. Uh, mm-hmm. A few starting pitcher things from yesterday. Shane Bieber's velo was down to 90.9. Now, he still pitched pretty well against the, the Royals. Part of that might be that it's it's the Royals. Like I, I like their lineup. I definitely think it's a lineup that, that can blossom this year, but it's not like a power-studded lineup either. And so he was still able to kind of maneuver around that, didn't walk anybody, had a 13% swinging strike rate. But 90.9 is down from 92.8 last year and 94.2 in the shortened season, career 93. So however you slice it, it's down. Is an opening day four and two-thirds 90.9 velo from Bieber concerning for you or just opening day noise? It's pretty concerning to me. Um he didn't look awful necessarily, but he also didn't look sharp on top of not having the velocity. Yeah. Uh, for reference, he was at 92.3 on opening day last year. Um, okay. So this wasn't a matter it, of like, hey, that was down, by the way, too. Because yeah. That it, was relative to the 93, 94 that he'd mm-hmm. been established before that for Bieber. And remember, he was down and then he was hurt. So, like, yes. this is one of the reasons I faded. Shane Bieber coming into the season was like, I just didn't trust the health. It's not the skills. I, you know, I mean, even with reduced velocity, like he still hits his spots more often than he doesn't. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely worried. Uh, And I mean, obviously this is not something that's actionable. You're not going to like go trade him unless you can get equal value on an ACE. Yeah. Um, I doubt you're going to, I mean, you might actually be able to, because, there are a lot of fantasy folks that will buy at market value just because they're like the availability of somebody is a discount enough. They'll try to get a discount, but then when you say, "Okay, now let's let's just do market market price here," they might still do it if you really want to try to get out from under Beaver. But in most instances, you'll probably have to take a little bit of a discount, and you'll you really you'll have to, to disguise out. it in some way. You can't just go to the Max Freed owner and go. Hey, Shane Bieber from Max Freed. Well, like, he gave him five runs. There, it might be panic for panic. I know, but like that's so transparent. No, right? I know. Like, I know. Um, I wouldn't. And in some leagues, that. you'll get away with that, right? It's up, you yeah. know, if you're playing with your buddies who don't really watch baseball or just playing just to do something until football y'all, starts. Y'all know your league's better than us. Yeah, maybe you can get away with that, but like maybe a two for two where like you address a different category. Um, you know, or maybe you're pitching rich and you can trade Shane Bieber for. I don't know, a second baseman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, um, you don't want to overact and sell low. But if you can get equal value for a guy like Shane Bieber, like I, I would have no problem doing that right now. I would, I would actively be trying to, um, you know, some, some people just really like to trade too. So find that it's always one of those guys in your league, right? Oh. Um, we call. In Friends Fantasy Benefits, we call him the Bren Bennett, uh, the Pen Brennis, who's who's one of our writers who just can't stop trading. Or Some if you've ever been, that. if you've ever been in a league with Ian Con or Tom Trudeau, Jake handful of guys that are just known for it, and uh, they're really good at it. I, I, I am not. I, this is why I've gravitated toward the NFPC. I'm not a great trader. I will. I thought I was that. a great trader. Um, and I still think I'm a pretty good trader until I got into leagues with Ian. Um, because Ian will pick your pocket with one hand while he wraps his other hand around you and hugs you. Um, and he just makes you feel so good about fleecing you. 
See, but I think he um, makes fairly fair trades though too. He like, does. I, I'm just. I mean, I, I, know, I know you're messing. But um, when I come out, I'm like, you know what? I like that trade with him, and and he makes it so easy too. Like he calls me, and he's like, mm-hmm. you want to do this? And the first offer is usually and so that's good a, that you're he like, calls you. He does yes. not do trades over email or like you know back and forth on the site and stuff like that. I mean, he's he gets your phone number. He, he calls wants to you. Use his strength of oh, it, it's to somebody. I, I don't know if I've told this story here or not, but um, uh, one time, you know, he called me up and uh, and I was talking to him and, you know, figure out the deal, you know, and then hung up. Ian Khan from uh, AMC's yeah. turn, by the way, played George Washington <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and many other movies. But, and, uh, and The Athletic. Yes, um, and of course The Athletic. Uh, and, and Danielle, my wife, uh, looked at me right after I got off the phone. I was like, your voice changed. <laughs> Like I was like, yeah, I put on my actor voice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta get in your role I, as well. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, like Ian just is so good at at, at the, like you know making you feel good about it. Um, that like uh, I love that, that it's yeah. No, I, I I love Ian. I'm glad I'm not in any trading leagues with Ian anymore. No, he, he's he's fantastic, and and he's an amazing player, and it, a lot of it is his trade skill, and he's always gonna give you something like you know. I know you're you're being tongue in cheek about the fleecing thing. It's not like he comes in trying to rip people off. He's no, like, no, he, he he knows your team probably better than you do. He's gonna he, he comes in and he uh, he he knows he, how to address a need, and that's what makes him a good trader, though. Too, it makes you so yep. comfortable because you're like, I do need that. You're right, and you are mm-hmm. offering me somebody who can help that. Yes, let's do that trade. Oh, I just gave you an ace. Dang it, I shouldn't have done that. It's, I don't need. It's runs amazing that bad. If, if you want to see. Um, a fantasy baseball work of art. Join a dynasty league with Ian Khan, um, because he will he will turn around a team with incremental moves. But he makes so many incremental moves um, mm-hmm. that at the end you go, "How did you do that?" Yeah, like it's, he turns it's the red paper clip like, into yeah. a car. You know that mm-hmm. that, that whole thing. Um, on the other end, Tyler McGill was brilliant. Ooh. He did a great Jacob DeGrom impersonation. His VLO was up to 96.2 from 94.7 last year. He was cooking with gas in five shutout innings, um, 33% strikeout, 15% swinging strike rate, cutting up the Nats. Nats, you know, Nats are not going to be a good team this year, but that's a pretty solid top of the lineup there at the very mm-hmm. least. So getting through Hernandez, see a strikeout of Soto. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And you know, he gets he gets a Soto strikeout. You know, that's Cesar Hernandez, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, Kybert Ruiz. I'm a big Lane Thomas fan, but I will not include him in that group yet. The top five is good there. That's a good half of the lineup. Bottom half leaves some something to be desired. He cut through him like uh, a warm knife through butter. And obviously, a lot of Tyler McGill hype. Were you in on the hype train? I was not. Um, and like I, I, I continue to move him up as we went through. Uh, as we went through draft season, but I just I never was high enough to end mm-hmm. up with him in the league. Um, and man, Mike Curland I th- a few days ago tweeted out something about hey, like who are the guys that that you missed out on that you you know you're gonna have FOMO on? Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be McGill for me. Like, like this is this is one is gonna I'm going to kick myself <laughs> all season long. Um, because yeah, this was another one of those. This is the one we were supposed to watch uh, yesterday, but it got pushed back. Got pushed and, in the evening, and we did we did a day stream. Yeah, and um, I so I sat down and I, I really wanted to watch Patrick Corbin, and so I, I, I watched boy. this game. 
Mm-hmm. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't. He was he good until he either. wasn't. Um, yeah, that, that that's a fair way to put it. Like he he was okay. It was better yeah. than it felt better than last year. Just kind of as a cursory look for four. What was it? Four plus or four innings? Like, oh yeah, he looked I, I was good for about two and two thirds. And then um, it got it got low. And then, got low. Yeah. He only gave up two runs though. I don't want to overstate mm-hmm. it. It was seven base runners, five hits, two walks, four strikeouts. It was okay for Corbin, but McGill stole the show and had one of the best yeah. starts of the day. Um, in the Atlanta game, that was Freed versus Tyler Molly. You know, two two really good starters, uh, and Molly pitched his butt off because he wasn't at home. Five five innings, one unearned run, three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. The stole the show was stolen by Spencer Strider, the first who the heck is that guy uh, middle reliever performance of the season. Two. Perfect innings with five strikeouts. He was amazing. And if you follow Eno, as you should, and you're really in on on his Stuff Plus stuff, Strider was somebody that's been identified by Stuff Plus as, holy smokes, this guy's amazing. He had a 33% swinging strike rate, by the way. Like, for a reliever, 14, 15% swinging strike rate. Like, that's really nice. Like, that's that's really solid. I can get a bunch of cases. Mm-hmm. 33%. He had him yeah. whiffing. Everything was was gas. It was brilliant. Um, I don't think he's going to take over the closers role for uh, for Jansen or anything like that. But is Spencer Strider, if he's going to be in, like, a multi-inning relief role with a ton of strikeouts, is he the first go get him for, for leagues that have uh, viability for middle relievers? Yeah, and I think every – league has some viability i mean maybe these days yeah maybe not 10 teams but early in the season these are the guys that are going to sneak wins yes exactly um, you know because we're going to see a lot of guys capped at 75 80 pitches mm-hmm. uh, and that won't get them to five and so this the striders of the world are the ones that you want to target and we now know that he's going to be that guy on his team so um yeah i would he's He's probably going to go for more than he should um, in really True. sharp in really sharp leagues, but in your home leagues, ESPN, Yahoo, stuff like that, um, that maybe aren't so uh, um, aren't so sharp necessarily. Uh, he probably sneak him through for nothing, for a buck or you know two bucks, uh, and I think he's definitely a guy that I would want to get and just kind of you know put him on my team and hope I sneak a couple extra wins as opposed to like. Um, Chris Torres, um, Torres talks on, on Twitter. is like, hey, do I start Tyler Wells? And it's like, I guess if you don't have any other options, right? Because Tyler Wells is only going to go three innings, but he's going to go three innings at the front. I'd rather get the guy who's going to go two or three the, the, innings. The piggyback, which yeah. could have been Justin McKenzie yesterday, but he was not particularly sharp yeah. out there. Um, worried about was... him? No, I, I, it's Torres takes, by the way. You said talks just for those. The, oh, sorry. Follow him. But uh, I just want to make sure that that's clear. You should be following uh, at Torres takes at Torres takes absolutely i'm not too worried about it it was cold i don't know you know i make a lot of jokes about how tristan mckenzie's built exactly like me because he is and if he reacts to the cold the way i do then i understand why he was pitching kind of crappily yesterday in 47 degree weather with uh 15 plus mile an hour winds um his velo was down he gave up two runs on two hits and two walks in three innings I'm not too worried about it. By the way, that was a planned extended outing there because he's the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. They're not going to need him for about a week plus. So from that aspect, like I'm not worried about him not starting. I'm not even that worried about the one ugly outing. His his velo is inconsistent. That's something that we have noticed. But I think a little bit more is being made out of it than maybe should. He was at 91.8. He was at 92.1 last year. So 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. You know, are we? Are, is it? Is it really the danger zone? I, I, I don't think so. Um, I guess, I, I guess the real reaction would be that to close the season, he was uh, at a much higher velo um, over the final, or maybe not much higher. No, it's actually really 93, 92. Yeah, no, no, I'm not too worried about it. No, I'm not worried either. All right. Um, let's continue to move on here and talk some closer news. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rogers was traded to San Diego. They said he's going to be the closer in uh, in San Diego. And Robert Suarez, obviously Rogers wasn't there in time to close. So Robert Suarez got the opportunity and was terrible. <laughs> so it, we already knew that. You know, it's not his job. It's gonna be, um, it's gonna be Rogers's job. Are you just outright cutting Suarez now? <laughs> uh, I feel like I should after what he did to me in my main event yesterday. Um, I wasn't gonna start him, and then I, you you reminded or you let me know that uh, Patrick Sandoval had been you know moved back, and so yeah. I was like, oh, well, I guess I am starting Robert Suarez, and I wish you hadn't told me that, you jerk. I'm sorry. Um, he got smoked. I mean, the just, team that smoked him. I mean, we would not expect Arizona to bust him up like came, that. Came in for the save and ended up giving up, uh, you know, three or three earned runs. And I don't even think he got a. Uh, he did not a third of an inning. Yeah, he did so. not. three earned on two walks on fifteen pitches. He just yeah. he just didn't have it. Didn't have it. Was, it. Um, it was tough. Yay for Seth Beer. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, so I, I like that aspect of it. I think you can drop him um, yeah. in leagues that don't have holds. Uh, huge bummer for those of us who drafted uh, Robert Torres. I don't have him in a ton of spots or anything, but just a bummer. I was excited um, about him as a sneaky closer play mm-hmm. because we thought he could he could be the guy there. And um, the question is, going- who's the guy in Minnesota? Yeah, so they go they go get it. By the way, Chris Paddock was dealt over there. And listen, I know a lot of us in the fantasy circles are out on Chris Paddock, and I count myself among them. I'm not I'm not a Chris Paddock guy. I'm That's not a nice pickup for Minnesota though for a fist. Yeah. I'm 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 not out. Um you still you still buy you're still digging all the um the Sierra he was and so, he was so cheap. I mean, he just needs a third pitch. Um, you know, and uh you know, maybe it's a new organization, kind of new kind of approach. I, I just think he's there's too much talent in that arm to just give up on him. So yeah, um, you know, he's not in like I'm not saying like hey, like he's an every you know day starter or you know you start an all formats guy. Yeah, he's not an all formats guy, but like you know, I mean, in 15 team leagues, if he's available or even some 12s, like you know, take the gamble. You know, there's there's worse gamble. Would you rather? St- have him on your team or like a Michael Pineda type, like give me the guy who two years ago was a top 10 pitcher. Yeah. You're going to take that gamble. Yeah. I, I, I can hear that. Um, I think Pineda is actually not a terrible streamer on the Tigers either, but um, you know, how I feel about Michael. Pineda. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. But I mean, you're wrong because he's just consistently <laughs> solid. Uh, so don't 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 use that name. You know, you, you use use a different name to get after him. Is, is all I'm kind of getting at. You'd rather but, have uh, him or Kyle Gibson? I'm just kidding. Of course, you'd rather have Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. 
for the first two starts for sure against Oakland yeah. and, mm-hmm. and Minnesota. Oh, as far as who's going to close er, and uh, Miami, not Minnesota, whoever is going to close in Minnesota, we got Tyler Duffy, Jorge Alcala, and Emilio Pagan, and Caleb Thilbar getting the CL tag on roster resource. And that's the order that they're listed. That's probably the order uh, that I would recommend them with Duffy and Alcala um, being my focuses. I, you know how I feel about Pagan as a potential closer. I know he got the 20 saves in Tampa Bay and people were clinging on to those 20 saves and trying to put him in San Diego's role for the last two years. He's a home run machine. I just don't buy it. I think Duffy and then Alcala. Alcala got some sleeper love in like drafting holds and things like that. Like some folks really like him. This could be an opportunity for him, but I wonder if the veteran Duffy is the one who gets the job. Um, he's been a consistently solid reliever for them now uh, for a few years, dating back to 2019 when he really took a step forward. Who would you go for in the Minnesota bullpen? Ooh, um, yeah, I think Eileen Duffy, uh, one of my most rostered players this year, apparently. Really? I'm on five teams. Uh, okay. Uh, because I thought early on in draft season that uh, that Taylor Rogers was going to get traded, and then the longer we went into the draft season, we went, "Oh, maybe he's not." Yeah. Um, even even when the kind of the rumors started coming out, I was like, um, I, "I think I said it, maybe on a podcast." Oh no, during my main event uh, the other uh, on Wednesday night, someone asked someone in the chat asked me like, "Hey, do you think that?" the Minnesota trades him. I was like, I think the fact that it hasn't happened yet means they're probably not going to, like, I don't think they mm-hmm. want to trade him. You it's know, it's just always make... hard to predict opening day. trades. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it happened. Um, I think it is probably a committee, uh, at least in initially. Yeah. Uh, I, th- so I think I'll call it, get shots. I think Tyler Duffy will get shots. I think Emilio Pagano get shots. Um, the They're guy and Fieldbar is the lefty, by the way. Yeah, and so maybe maybe he gets you know some shots too. Uh, you know, in in certain matchups, uh, will it work itself out? Probably. I mean, I think you've mentioned this a number of times over the years. Emilio Pagan is just a home run machine. Yeah, um, and just that, so many. So I, I don't know that he's he may get some shots, but if he blows them, I think they'll move on pretty quick. Um, I think the guy of Juan Arasa most is Alcala. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Duffy may get the first shot. So, How hard would you go for an Alcala in your leagues, uh, 12s and, and 15s? You probably might have two different bids there, but what, what, what would they be percentage estimations? Probably not going more than 5 to 10%. Um, yeah. and probably not D- depending even. Depending on who. Yeah, just because I don't want to blow 10% of my fab on a guy that may get half of the saves or a third of the saves. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather hope to sneak them. You know, I'll, I'll throw some keep them honest bids, um, sure. but I'd rather save my fab for a guy I think has the potential to be the guy um, yeah. in, as opposed to go after a guy like Colin and uh, Duffy where I feel like it could be the guy or they could be sharing the situation on a team that I think is going to be decent. And I picked them to make the playoffs, but win the division. they could also end up being really bad in selling a lot of these, you know, pieces um, and, and not being good. So, um, you know, by the end of the season. So 
I wouldn't be overly aggressive. This is not the spot I want to get aggressive on. Yeah, and you always got to be careful on these early ones. I understand getting a guy for an extended period of time who closes is super beneficial, and that's why people go hard. But uh, you know, don't forget about the Julian Merriweather thing ringing in the back of your head there when mm-hmm. when everyone looks like when he looks like he's the full on guy. And the, and the problem is here with Minnesota is that there are multiple guys like both, both Duffy, Alcala, and even Pagan. I, I I will acknowledge that despite my issues with him doesn't mean a team feels the same way if they think that they can get his home runs in order or something like that they might still go for him so uh alcala and duffy are the only ones i would bid on but i also would keep it in uh keep it in check there david robertson looked really sharp in his save for the cubs that knuckle curve looked vintage to me um you know we're talking one inning a few pitches but i was like okay david robertson and they went wick givens robertson in that order it's only one day to go off of, but it looks like that's the order to go. They're all three righties, so you can't say it was like a matchups thing. Is Robertson the guy? Feels like it. Um, if you're going to get aggressive on a closer, I feel like David Robertson's the guy to get aggressive on. Uh, like you said, they brought in Wick. Wick then struggled, and they had to bring Michael Givens in for a third of an inning. Mm-hmm. He only threw, I think, eight or nine pitches. And, and um, There were some we were talking during the the watch party like maybe they bring him out to finish it off mm-hmm. but no they maybe just went he's to the guy yeah. um and no they they didn't they they went straight to robertson um david ross feels like an old school manager type guy mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's fair or not it's probably not but feels like he's the kind of guy that's going to pick his guy and stick with him and he'd like a button to press type of deal yeah um I think it might be Robertson. I, I, if you're going to get aggressive on a closer, I do think it's Robertson right now. I think so too. Um, uh, of, of anything you can take from day one, which is very little. So be careful. Yes. David Robertson's the guy I'd go for. What about Tony Santian in Cincinnati that we have 512 guys. Eduardo Rodriguez starts with a strike down the middle for opening day. Let's go, baby. Tony Santian, Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, Justin Wilson, and Luis Sessa all get the CL tag on roster resource right now because it's an open situation. Derek Sessa Cole does was not start the- off with a strike. He didn't? What a <laughs> loser, dude. Sticky stuff, bro. <laughs> Sticky stuff. Sessa got the sixth. Wilson got the seventh. Art Warren was nowhere to be found yesterday. I forget the other guys. I said Hunter Strickland, whomever. Um, it was Moretta. Is that Daniel? No, Dari Moretta. Don't know him. He got blasted up in the uh, in the eighth, and then it was Tony Santian for a really strong ninth, a clean ninth with two strikeouts. Are you going to go for Santian here, or is this a little bit more of like the uh, uh, Minnesota situation where there's multiple guys, so you're nervous? This feels way more crowded than um, than the Minnesota situation. This feels like it is going to be like a straight up committee uh we've seen david bell do this before too so um i'm pro i mean i'll probably throw some keeper honest bids in it uh four pitch walk for garrett cole to enrique hernandez um and you thought oh no. enrique hernandez couldn't lead off well not many of them were close uh, to be quite honest <laughs> even you could take those pitches yeah, yeah. i, I would have gotten a walk on that one yeah, the first one was really, really outside. Uh, anyways, uh, to Pollock. so uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to uh, overly invest in this situation. Um, Antion was a G as a reliever, 232 ERA, 0.99 whip. However, let me be, stay honest, 
1.3 homer nine. Yep. That, that, that's even lower than Pagan. And they weren't though. at home yesterday where the homers yeah. fly. But that, like, by the way, I brought it up because of the Pagan thing. I didn't want somebody to be like, oh, yeah, get diced up. Let's go, Pollock. You're out. Um, but 1.3 is still pretty high for a closer, too. You got to be under one as a closer because it's the quickest way to lose a game. That's why homers are so important out of a reliever. But Santian was really good around those homers. He's the kind of guy I go for in a bid, though. Instead of getting into the Dave Robertson issues or even the Tyler Duffy situation and paying huge, Devers just Tony's- hit a two-run shot. Go Devers! Let me get Tony Santian at at a, at a really cheap price there. Like you said, to keep him on his bid, that comes through, and see if he can take that role because Sessa in the sixth. It's it's day one, but he is a middle guy. I don't really think he's a closer type. He's a good middle guy who can go multiple innings. Wilson's a lefty, and he's the only lefty in the bullpen right now. Art Warren I do like, so he is fighting Santian. But I kind of like Santian there to go for the cheaper saves. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Um, I really don't. I hope they win another game, close game, this weekend so I can have a better idea because I really don't. And this will probably be another situation that uh, we address on Sunday when I talk to Jason. So, um yeah, yeah keep, uh, keep tabs on that for us and uh, and and hit it on Sunday. Because I, I really don't feel yes, maybe he he got the first save, so that means something. So if it mm-hmm. is a committee, maybe he's leading the committee. Um, and, we didn't you even know, see Art Warren. Let's see where Art Warren's at. Yeah, he was amazing. It could be a completely different order today. Like who yep, knows? Exactly, and that's that's why always got to be careful with how much you take out of spring training. Garrett Cole is broken. Jared Cole is broken. Drop all of your leagues. Scott Barlow got a two-inning win. They were on the road, or they were at home, excuse me. So he came in in the eighth and caused a huge panic and some hilarious I told you so's. I I literally saw some tweets like, y'all should have seen this coming. Seen what coming exactly? Because he pitched the ninth too, you stupid idiot. Um, Two innings, two hits, three strikeouts, gets the win because there was no save opportunity there. Does this move anything for you with, with him? Or are the, is this is this the other way? Do you go the other way with this? This is big trust in their best reliever by giving him two innings. Hmm. Stop watching Garrett Cole f- f- flop. This is our last yeah. Topic. Bogart just hit a, a rocket shot off the wall. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, he's getting diced. Yeah. Um, uh, Barlow came in in the eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, and did made such quick work of the eighth that they gave him the ninth. Like if he had struggled any more, and he did struggle towards the end of the ninth. A couple of hits, yeah. Here's the thing though. Stalmont, who a lot of people thought like hell, Stalmont's probably the handcuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh Brent's the other guy where people are like, oh, he's kind of sneaky, maybe he's the guy. They came in before. Yes. Um no Amir Garrett, no Dylan Coleman, who are also lingering. If you're worried I think, about Barlow, I think Coleman would have been next man in. I mean, he would he was up to 28 or 29 pitches by the time he finished yeah. off the ninth. Did get into a little bit of trouble towards the end of that uh that outing we were watching. Um I think that Matheny has you know said in the past, like, hey, he's gonna use his relievers in the best possible spots. I don't think they have a necessarily set guy. I do I think that Barlow is the main guy. Yes, yeah. I do think Barlow is the main guy. Um, but I wonder if Coleman is an interesting $1, $2 bid um, in deeper leagues in Fab. 
Uh, yeah, I, I won't go against that. Like, I think that's always fine if you're trying to speculate, especially if all you want is a few saves. But mm -hmm. I do think that I, I kind of like what this shows for Barlow being their their best guy and the guy he's going to want to go to the most, trusting him for 29 pitches. Like, uh, they have a day off today, too, because uh, the, the Midwest and, and Eastern series, like I said, always have that day off there uh, or generally have that day off there because it looks like Washington and, and – uh, Mets are going to play, and that that's inclement weather potential um, there. So with 29 pitches, he can take a day off. He could still come back on Saturday pretty easily. So we'll see. But I still think Barlow is the guy. I was trusting him as you know a main guy, not necessarily a full time closer. But how many of those are there really, Justin? Like five yeah. or six that are like just. This is why I was paying up for the top same. five or six. Um, same. Uh, JD Martinez uh, RBI double. Um, Damn, Garrett really Cole is, is giving up three runs um, on three hits, on three hits without an out yet so far. And he is rubbing his arm, trying to get some sunscreen off of it right now. He is. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, people are going to be panicking their, their faces off. I'm but panicking. I, I've got him in the auction championship in tower. <laughs> oh, no. I would not panic about uh, I would not panic about Barlow though. I actually see this as more of a positive than anything else that he got the two inning say oh, two inning win there. Uh, but yeah, Robertson, I mean, Santian, Duffy, Alcala are the four names I'm speculating on for saves right now, based off of opening day, which is very little. Mm -hmm. Fair to say. What 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 order are you putting those guys? D Duffy, Alcala, Robertson, Santian. What what's your order? Uh, I mean, if you Robertson, need, let's say you need saves, like you're really you you spec you didn't go hard on saves, you need them. Where are you going with those four names? Robertson is a tier by himself. Okay. I have no problem going 15, 20% of my fab on Robertson. Yeah. Put a big, big price um, on, on Robertson. The rest of the guys, I'm probably not putting more than 5%. I'm going to go Duffy, Alcala, Santion. I'll go. I think I'm going to go Santion, Duffy, Alcala. Okay. I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to push this. back on that necessarily. I'm really intrigued by this. Yeah, they're, they're all three in, in an order that you can just go with. I agree, Robertson way above. All right, that's it. Um, opening day in the books. A lot of stuff. Difficult to not overreact. We try not to do that. The early season pods are most difficult. I, I Right before we started, I was like, what are we even going to talk about? I guess we got to get into some of this opening day stuff. The only problem is that the reason it's tough to do is we don't do a daily show. And mm -hmm. so only doing it every once in a while, like we skip the days we don't do. We will have more episodes in season, though. I'm going to have a weekly uh, interview one that I do. Um, Ooh. Midweek, mid bringing in some folks. Interesting. That will start, start next week. So we'll Ooh, have that one. Do you have anybody lined up yet? Or are you? Not, I, I, they, they have agreed, but we don't have the dates. So I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there. I, I feel become... like this is somewhat adultery. You're bringing someone into our bedroom without me you, being there. You do it every Sunday. I mean, I bring Jason in. I, who was on the last Sunday episode that I Matt just listened Williams. to yesterday? Thank you. That's because Jason couldn't be there. I understand. You're always you, welcome. I understand uh, that. Trevor's and story I, just grounded out. I mean, that's why he's at sixth because he's a yeah, loser. Yeah. What, what a loser. Bomb. Um, and I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't be. Oh wait, no, um, that was Verdugo. Possibly <laughs> included on some of these, but I do want to start doing some uh, uh, some solo interviews, so I'm going to have that on. And uh, uh, can we can we pour one out for the 06010? Dude, um, dude. I, I said put all tree, and that's that's a Matthew Berry term. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, I just, you know, um, and I, I tweeted about, I tweeted about it. Uh, I are they the, not going to have a fantasy pod at ES freaking PN, dude. I don't know. Um, but ESPN fantasy focus baseball was the first podcast, not just the first fantasy baseball podcast, but the first mm-hmm. podcast I ever listened to second for me, it was um, baseball today with Alan Schwartz at ESPN. Originally, mm-hmm. that was what I first cut my teeth on and realized what a podcast was but then 06010 was quickly thereafter because i was starting yeah. to listen to the espn one i i can't believe that tristan and eric deserve better shouts to matthew and nate which is mm-hmm. where i really was listening every single day when i had more time to listen to pods but i listen to tristan and eric every once in a while as well i just can't believe espn is not gonna have a fantasy baseball podcast i'm I'm pretty surprised by it. Um, I like you said. I, I think Tristan and Eric, who were both, uh, aside from being great fantasy players and great analysts, are really, really great people. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and I've gotten to compete against both of them in Tout Wars uh, and hang out with them. You know, at Foley's and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, just, just really, really, genuinely good people. Um, I hope what I mean. I assume they're going to continue. They're, they're going to continue to work at ESPN and, and yeah, do they'll still be content. writing and everything. But um, man. I'm going to miss and, hearing their voices. Uh, and um, you know, I don't know that I. I can be honest. I, you and I would not be on this podcast together if it wasn't for the 0610 because I uh, I became aware of Jason and then became aware of you because Jason did a guest spot on the 06010 when i was first starting to listen and like, I oh so i really like yeah I, I really like this jason guy mm-hmm. i'm gonna go listen to his podcast and it was the towers of power podcast and that's how you and i became you know connected and friends and um so without them there is no us probably yep. uh and i don't honestly enter the industry um, because I entered the industry by meeting some guys in your Facebook group for the Towers of Power. That's right. That's my origin story. So without that, without guys like Matthew Berry and Nate Ravitz and Tristan Cockroft and Eric Harabel, I don't get into the industry. Um, and so uh, it is a huge bummer personally for me because it's part of my origin story. Uh, and because I uh, have such fondness for those guys. Um me too. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention that on air before. And I owe a ton to Matthew, too. He used Mm -hmm. to retweet my starting pitcher guide for years. Just said, Mm -hmm. hey, man, I really like this. Retweet it, which was massive. I remember when I used to have Twitter notifications on my, you know, to like buzz on my phone. And he would retweet that, you know, once every March. And my phone would go freaking crazy. And Again, I'm not where I am without Matthew freaking Barry. So yeah. it's just a bummer. And I know Matt and Nate weren't on it anymore, but Eric and, and Tristan were carrying the legacy. And I just, I, I'm gobsmacked. And listen, we don't know all the details. Maybe maybe Tristan and or Eric had something where they couldn't do it. And that's why it stopped. But I feel like that's not the case. So I, I yeah. can be corrected if it is. Dang, Edward Rodriguez finally got out of this inning, by the way. Got, kind of got away from him. They gave up a run and ended up making 30 pitches. Um, but shouts to the 06010. Apparently the folks at ESPN hated it with a mot like intensity. <laughs> um, and, but I didn't. It's I, apparently I, I, not bonafide. It's Bonifacio. It, it should have been bonafide forever, but anyway. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a bummer. Um, but, uh, you know, thank all, I want to thank all four of those guys for giving us 
some pretty amazing memories. Um, I was once talked about as a topic on that show. Have I told you this before? No, what happened? So in 2012, I'm not in the industry yet. This is years before I entered the industry. I'm a listener. Um, uh, in 2010, I had grown a playoff beard for the Giants. They went on World Series. I did not grow it in 2011. And so I started growing it in 2012. And the Giants clinched a playoff spot in like mid-August. Um, and I went, oh, sweet. Now I can shave it off. Um, and Danielle said, no, you can't until no, you they win not. the World Series. Mm -hmm. And I said, it is hot. I've been growing this thing since May. Um, I once scratched my beard and a piece of rice came out and I couldn't remember the last <laughs> time I had rice. Um, and so I sent in, uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to let a higher power make this decision. I sent a uh, email off to the fantasy focus guys and they opened up their show discussing this. That's and incredible. Matthew Barry said um, I, his exact quotes were, um, of course you have to keep it. Uh, your wife has spoken. I have spoken. The fantasy focus has spoken. Um, it shall be decreed. It was my first, like, like you know, fanboy moment. Like they mm -hmm. talked about my beard. That's um, incredible. And so. and you know, he he did the whole book on the fantasy life, highlighting all the. You my know, wife amazing... is in that book. She is. She is in the bonus section of the Matthew Berry book. I need to check um, that out again. Then I read it before I knew you guys, so that's probably yeah. why I didn't recognize mm -hmm. that. But uh, it, it highlights she is all the, the. She's the eight-month pregnant woman that talked trash to someone so bad that they quit our league from high school. That's amazing. And yes. if you know Danielle, you you know absolutely that that know very that much happened. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's an amazing book if you like fantasy sports and you want to just hear how other people take it as seriously as we do. It's a it's a really fun book. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Pour one out for the 06010. We will continue to use the phrases that they that they have uh, imparted to us, and we will always reference them, even though the show does no longer exist. Justin, have a great weekend. You and Jason on Sunday, and then us back next week. Until then, take care. Take it easy.